Napa know-how. Just in time for the holidays, select Craftsman tools are now available at Napa. Celebrate with a Craftsman 20-volt cordless impact wrench kit for just $149.99. It's the perfect gift for everyone in your list, even you. So get great savings on select Craftsman tools, now available at your local Napa store. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, while supplies last. Offer ends 12-31-19. The Geeky Retro Nerd Show is part of the Art, Comedy and Pop Culture Network of Podcasts. Hiya! How are you doing? Thank you for tuning in once again. And if you're a new listener, thanks for choosing my podcast. Welcome to the Geeky Retro Nerd Show. My name is Adam and I am a Geeky Retro Nerd. And the show is sponsored, as always, by truffleshuffle.com. Head on over to their website and you will see loads and loads and loads of geeky t-shirts and fantastic retro gifts if you use my exclusive discount code of GRNS15. That's GRNS15. You will get a 15% discount off a spend of £25 or more. And there is international shipping, so nobody loses out. So there you go. What more can you ask for? So thanks for tuning in. Uh, great episodes lined up for you today. Um, over the past few days, it was the start of the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And if there's one thing Edinburgh knows how to do... It is how to throw a party because I was there on Friday and man alive, the place was bouncing. It was absolutely jumping. Uh, it was fantastic to see, uh, fantastic to witness. I had such a great time on Friday. It was it was superb. If you've never been to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, uh, please try and go because it's, it's, it's quite unique in the way that there are hundreds of shows ongoing for a full month all of August for a full month and thousands of performers. A lot of them are free as well. So you can, the, the best thing is you can just go and not know what you're going to do. You can just go and somebody says, do you want free tickets for this? Do you want free tickets for that? And you say, yes, please. And you go in and it's, it's a, you know, like I say, you can go, but it's a total surprise what you're going to see. The reason I went was I knew what I was going to see. There was no surprises for me. I knew what I was going to see. I was going to see a play, a production called The Shark is Broken. And The Shark is Broken is a, is a, is a production that is based on the events of Jaws, the movie. Now, who doesn't like Jaws? Nobody. There's nobody on this planet that does not like Jaws. And this production was quite incredible. It really was. I don't want to give too much away because straight after the show, I spoke to the three cast members. There's only three of them in it. Ian Shaw, who is Robert Shaw's son, and his resemblance to his dad as Quint in the production is unreal absolutely unreal I, I couldn't stop looking at him when i was talking to him it's quite unbelievable also in the show is duncan henderson and liam murray scott and those three such talented lads play the parts 
of Robert Shaw, Roy Scheider and Richard Dreyfus, And it's about their relationship while they were filming Jaws while Bruce the Mechanical Shark kept breaking. Also able to join me was David Mountfield, who was co-producer and we all had a great time. We had a great chat. Have a listen. Here we go. Okay, so I'm here at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. I think this is the first day of the festival today. I think it might be. Um, but I'm here at the production of The Shark is Broken. And let me tell you, I've just been absolutely blown away by an incredible performance. Um, I'm, I'm still coming down from the high, I think. It was absolutely fantastic. And I am so pleased to say that I am joined by the cast and the co-producer, um, Ian Shaw, Duncan Henderson, Liam Scott and David Mountfield. Lads, thank you very much for joining us. You're welcome. Uh, it's a pleasure, absolute pleasure. It was a really nice reaction. We are delighted, yes. And, and it was an excellent reaction. And just before we start chatting, I just want to tell you that I think about three quarters of the way through, I, I took the opportunity to glance over my shoulder um, and, and have a look at the audience. And I think everybody was on the edge of the seat. They were leaning forward on the little table things in front. Um, so everybody was fully invested in the performance from what I saw. It was absolutely incredible. Um, so, Ian, I'll start with yourself, pal, if that's OK. Um, for, for the listeners, just tell us a bit about what The Shark is Broken is about. Well, it's about the three actors, uh, Roy Scheider, Richard Dreyfus, and Robert Shaw, who happens to be my dad, uh, stuck on the orca while the shark is broken. Um, uh, so it's a, it's, it's, it's a true, it, I say, I, I kind of say that word in a funny way because we've tried to make it as, as accurate as possible, but of course there is some dramatic license. Yeah. Um, and um, so the shark, you know, as the legend goes, I'm sure a lot of your uh, listeners will know this, uh, was uh, a pneumatic shark that they put into the sea, salt water, um, and it just kept on malfunctioning. Um, and so it's kind of a story of three trapped different personalities and um, what happens when, when they're stuck together. And, and it was fascinating to observe. It really was. Uh, the, the three years in it, well, I, I was, like I said before, totally invested in it. Incredible performance. Very, very talented. Um, and at points, well, after the first couple of minutes for the rest of the show, um, it, it was like it was Shida, Dreyfus and Shaw sitting there. It was absolutely brilliant. Honestly, well done. I'm, <laughs> I'm gushing a bit, but it was absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Um where, where did the inspiration for this story come from, Duncan? Can I I'll ask Ian? <laughs> well, He's pointing at Ian. Well, I mean, I, I guess a couple of points. You know, I've always loved the movie. I've always been very proud of my dad for having made that movie. And I've always been slapped on the back by people throughout my life um, uh, for my dad being a part of making the magic of that film. And... Um, I, but I've also, you know, I've been an actor myself and I, and I tried to make my own way, so I never really wanted to trade on my dad's name. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there was no association. And then when, 
when I looked in the mirror one time and I had a moustache, I thought, God almighty, I look like Quint. And so I checked and I was about the same age. And there were a couple of previous associations, like I'd played Colonel Tibbetts, who had been the pilot of the Enola Gay, who dropped the bomb on Hiroshima. Yeah. And I thought that was odd, because my dad obviously delivered the bomb, so yeah. it was a bit surreal that my dad would be giving me a, a horrific atomic bomb to drop. <laughs> um, and, and so anyway, I decided to just sketch out a rough idea of what I would, uh, you know, have imagined went on. And then I shoved it in a drawer because I thought this is ridiculous. Um, right. It'll it'll come across as being, uh, you know, uh, a, a cheap idea, to, a gimmick, as it were. Right. So then I spoke to some of my friends, uh, you know, Duncan, David, my wife, Rachel. I spoke with jo Joseph Nixon, who is the co-writer, who often gets left out, I think, with the publicity of this because he's not with us right. um, but he was an instrumental um, person not only in the writing but in getting me um, to buy into the to the project um, and then when he started fleshing it out and then I became more interested and I was exploring a lot of the interviews that my dad gave and uh, reading his diary of when he was drinking which isn't in the play but is a source of inspiration because yeah. it was a clearly a mountainous task he was facing at times mm -hmm. um, to get off the booze yeah um, and then it kind of snowballed from there um, and we I hope that it has more depth than just um, you know any kind of cheap exploitation of, no, of, no, of you know of, of anything so absolutely not it, I certainly didn't feel that at all sitting in the audience and when I came out um, you know I could hear the chat of people coming out the room and um, you know it was a massive thumbs up from everybody um, so you mentioned before about the likeness to your dad mm. um, it is striking uh, the, the similarity and I've, I've been when I found out that I was going to be speaking to you I've been showing my pals and that pictures and saying, check this out. And my pals have been messaging back saying, are you sure that's his son yeah. <laughs> and not him himself? Uh, it's absolutely incredible. And, and um, you two guys as well, uh, Duncan and Liam, there was your likeness as well uh, to Dreyfus and uh, Shida was quite remarkable as well. Actually, that was, I think, about three quarters of the way through, um, I was sitting looking at yourself, Duncan, and uh, the side side profile, weirdly, was it, it was like sitting watching Shida. Um, how so how do you how do you prepare for that kind of that kind of role? You know, it's, it, these are characters and actors that we all know and love so well. Jaws is a massive movie. How do you prepare for that kind of thing? Well, it helps that I have a mashed up nose. <laughs> you know, um, when I first started acting, my, my first agent said, "Don't don't ever repair that nose." But this is the first time it's actually been a relevant um, you watch interviews I mean, a lot of people have said Yo, you must be watching loads of the films that, that he made and uh, no I mean I have a little but mainly it's about him yeah. um, because of course when he's acting he's playing the, a role yeah. um, so it's, it's, it's just studying him studying his mannerisms listening to the cadence in his voice the timbre yeah. of his voice I mean he's a smoker heavy smoker right 
Um, so his voice is, has more bass notes in it than mine. Um, so it's sort of finding a way of getting down there and holding it and making it realistic. Yeah. Um, watching, yeah, just watching his gestures. And, and so I suppose, and then just when you're, when you're sitting with a neutral face, to start off with your thinking about how he holds his face, how he sits. And then hopefully after you've done it enough in rehearsals, in messing around at home, whatever, it starts to become second nature. Yeah. And you just stop thinking about it, yeah. try to, and just let it go. Yeah. And then hopefully it will. It would appear that it's coming across to a certain extent. My nose is holding out. Uh, yeah, nose is holding out very well. Very there, well. There is another factor, I, I think, which is that... Um, We've all been very careful, and it has to be said, especially uh, Duncan, to get both the set and the costumes, and you know everything, even down to the glasses, every detail. We've tried to make as accurate as possible. I think that goes a long way to helping. If you get the costumes exactly right, yeah. that helps, you know, without a doubt. Normally, that wouldn't be as so important to me, um, and because I've been the one who's worked mainly on the set. Uh, for this one, um, I'm very happy with Black Box Theatre, but I felt that this particular show was defined by two things. Firstly, the fact that Ian, as you've already mentioned, looks so like his dad. And very early on, Ian got himself the costume and, and started working on it. And I was thinking, right, well, if he's setting that bar, we have to do the very best, Liam and myself, with our costumes, with our looks, but also the set. It has to come up to this same sort of standard. It doesn't seem, it won't make sense yeah. otherwise. And the other thing is, um, I was imagining people like yourself coming to the show. There's been an awful lot of groundswell of people really excited to see this and to see what we make of it. And um, we, we've done a couple of previews before we came here, and there's certainly been some dyed in the wool fans come, and their, yeah. their initial reaction before we were on, we are even on set, they're going, Oh God, I saw the set and I knew I was in, I was yeah. there. I was the same. I walked um, in and I saw the set and I was like, right, I'm, I'm going to see something special here. And I know some of the people you're referring to that have seen the, the um, warm up show uh, and absolutely loved it, you know, on, on social media, Twitter, Facebook, the ball, it's, it's blown them out. The Daily Jaws, uh, who I follow on Twitter, absolutely loved it. Loved it. Yeah. Well, one of the buttons, we just finished buttoning the, the cushions last night. One of the buttons <laughs> popped off today, and I was thinking of throwing it into the audience and going, that's a lucky keepsake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let me tell you, he spent two days shaving the foam <laughs> so, so that it, it sags in just the right way, so wow. that when you look at the, the shots from the stills from the set, it, it's, so the foam is, is correct for that, to that level. You know, yeah, so. and, and, and obviously, people coming to see this. Uh, are going to be fans of Jaws, and and with a movie as big as Jaws, you're not going to get away with attention to detail. I think, no. um, you know. I mean, that's the other thing is that there's a lot of love um, from the fans about um, the movie and a lot of nostalgia. And and Hend, I call him Hend Duncan, um, has put a lot of love into that set. I mean, I'm I'm blown away. I mean, to me, that's almost the most impressive thing, is the fact that. You know, it's so beautifully crafted, yeah. Yeah. and um, people just do a double take. Like it's like being on the orca. Yeah, and and things like the apple, 
and yeah. you know the 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 teacup and things like that. You know, f- fans notice these kind of things. Yes, <laughs> definitely. What, yeah. what they won't know is that it has to be taken from the basement up, set up, and all primed in fifteen minutes, and struck again in fifteen minutes. So it also has to be tremendously movable, modular, and settable and, and strikable in remarkably short orders. So that's the other sort of element. It has to be photorealistic uh, yeah. and completely portable. So, spe- so especially in an environment like this where there's a lot of turnover of different yeah. shows. Mm. So when I saw the set, I was thinking, so surely they must have to move that away at the end for, for all the other shows that have, have got to be on. Um, so, yeah. So there's a lot t- of swearing in the <laughs> yeah. we, get, we get fined if we don't get it away in, what is it, 20, is that right? 15 minutes? 20 15 minutes. Yeah. Right, okay, so, that, so there's no rest for the wicked. You can't, <laughs> you can't just sort of relax and high-five each other backstage and, and congratulate and each other on a, on a good show. It's designed to go in 10 as well, because that's what we were initially told. So I think uh, we can do it. We can do it in 10, but we'll, by the end of this run, we'll be clinically efficient. <laughs> <laughs> um, Liam, I loved your Richards, Dreyfus. You. Um, you know, as soon as you came, came storming in, on the set and started swearing um, and, and everything down to the scratch of the beard and things like that, you know, it was it was quite remarkable. So same question to you really, how how do you prepare for that for that kind of thing? And is there a pressure actually, you know, you're, you're, you're portraying these exceptionally well-known mm. actors, is there a pressure to getting it right? Do you, do you worry about what people think of your Absolutely. portrayal? Absolutely. I think my worst nightmare currently is that Richard Dreyfus is currently in the country. Is he? Yeah, he's 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 down in London doing. Well, as a surprise, <laughs> look who we've got. I'm suing. Um, yeah, I think my, my worst nightmare is if he sees it and isn't happy. I, I hope he would be. I feel I like I'm. Why he wouldn't be? I feel like I'm making him likable. Um, yeah, I mean the same kind of thing with Duncan. It's kind of you watch all the interviews. Uh, obviously, his early films, he was very. The portrayals are very much there's elements of him there's very much the neurotic scratching the mannerisms mannerisms lots of mannerisms which for me kind of wasn't too difficult to get I'm a very very fiddly person and permanently doing all of that so it's kind of getting that aspect of his character was quite easy really it was more trying to find the voice trying to find his he's got such a manic energy to him he's very up down up down but there's this drive permanently going whereas I feel I'm more laid back a bit more chilled out so it was trying to fire myself up every time we did a run it's like, okay okay no gotta be gotta be energized uh, well I think you captured it in- incredibly well and like you said before mannerisms and things like that are so mm. important and all three has got them down um, pretty much spot on like remarkable I suppose the other thing is that you read a lot about them and their past. And so you're, you're thinking, well, why are they the person that they are? Why, why are we getting this, this description of them? What, what's made them that person? And then that's just like playing a normal part where the person doesn't exist. Yeah. And so you go, well, that, that, that stands to reason. You know, the, the fact that Shida was very ill, the fact that his dad was quite hard on him, the fact, you know, why, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated why he was such a hardened smoker, why he did bake himself in the sun all the time. What, what drove him to that? Because that's a very particular way to behave, you know. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, it's unusual. Mm. But, I mean, for, for, to, in many ways, it is just like playing a fic- fictional character as well. 
Yeah, and it must be a massive um, investment of time on on your behalf to 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 get this right. You know, you talked about watching interviews and studying the the person. It, it must be, you know, it's not just what we see on the stage. Um, there must have been an incredible amount of preparation building up to this show. It's what you do. It's, it's, yeah. it's your job. <laughs> it's what you know. It's what we committed to when we started doing our job. Yeah. So that's fine. It yeah. helps make it work as well. I mean, it's just, you know, if, you, if you're doing a television version of this, you're often, you come in and they expect you to learn the part, but there's very minimal direction. The prop master will have all the props and he won't let you touch them or she won't let you touch them, you know, um, because they don't want to lose their jobs. Yeah. So uh, this is like, I don't, it sounds a bit pretentious, but it's like an organic thing. So we, we build it from the ground up. Um, you know, writing it, um, making sure we're happy with all our own props. You know, as I say, Hend has built this utterly magnificent set. So when it comes to performance, you just feel, you know, ready because you feel like you know the whole world that, that you've created. And it's incredibly satisfying. The other incredibly satisfying thing is this is one of the first things that I've written or co-written Joseph Nixon, I hope you're listening. Um, <laughs> and um, I found that occasionally, if a line didn't work, um, rather than struggling, sort of like, and, and uh, normally as an actor, I would sort of really trying to force it and make it work. If it genuinely didn't work, I would I would just rewrite it, and that was one of the most satisfying things. Yeah. Then I just go to sleep and like think, brilliant, <laughs> you know. It also has to be said. It, we have to say a vote of thanks to get to Guy Masterson. It's tremendously reassuring to come to Edinburgh in the hands of someone he's presenting it, um, who knows Edinburgh inside out. You know, and he's this is his twenty sixth year in well, a row doing Edinburgh, you know, and also di has done a magnificent job directing it. Yeah, yeah, know. true. Yeah, of course, we mustn't forget the directing. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's yeah, he's done done both. But 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 but. Edinburgh is a is a vicious beast. This is my fourteenth Edinburgh. Um, it's there's the you know, there's many pitfalls and, and horrors. You're competing against three thousand shows. So to come here, with all the preparation we've done before, it's still possible to fall apart very early on in Edinburgh. You know, so it's so it is it's great to have to, to, to come under those auspices. You know. Yeah, it, he knows it, what he's doing. And was it always the plan to bring the show to Edinburgh? Was that the yes? Was that the idea? Yes. Yeah, that was, the, that was always the plan. Um, and we will see what happens. It feels like it does have a life beyond Edinburgh. So, um, you know. I, I really hope it does. And when I put on Twitter that I was coming here to see the show and talk to you, um, the, the question I got asked or people commenting the most is, is it going to be on after Edinburgh? Is it going to tour? I, th I think there's no way it won't. Purely with my producer's head on, uh, I really <laughs> we, hope it we will. We shall see, and yeah. I hope people don't mind me not responding to every question about that because I get, um, you know, tweeted at, and um, I'm not always able to to to, re to reply because that question it comes up all the time. Um, uh, but people will have to be patient because it take it's usually the run-in for most theatres is six to twelve months. So it probably won't be touring if it does tour until next year. Is that fair I've got to, to keep say? this beard for that long? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it'll definitely be worth waiting for. And like I say, pe people um, who aren't able to make it here, 
to Edinburgh are, are, are definitely excited at the prospect of it um, going on tour wider. Um, so just so just going back to the show itself then, so it, so it's on for, I think it was just over an hour, about an hour and five minutes. Yeah. And it's just you three guys and that kind of, um, quite a small set. And I think it's a, a testament to your skill um, that the audience remains engaged throughout for an for an hour and five minutes with just three cast members in one set is 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 it because the dialogue was fantastic as well it was absolutely superb um so ian you wrote it didn't you or, or you co-wrote it yes with joseph yeah, nixon, with joseph nixon yeah. yeah and some of the dialogue and very funny as well in, in places that you know um i really liked some of the jokes and and some of the some of the witty banter and I liked it when Roy was saying that there was no way he was going to star in a sequel. And, and I liked it when you said, Ian, about, uh, well, what else is that to say? <laughs> Apart from what is already being said. But like I say, uh, really testament to your skill, keeping the audience engaged for that period when it's just you three guys and, and the one set. Is it difficult to do that? Are you aware of that kind of setup when you're, when you're writing this? No, I mean, they, I mean, I didn't write it, obviously, but no, indeed, you you have the material and you you go. Um, and we were talking to a chap earlier, and he was saying, um, "Is it not hard doing it without a break?" And the answer is no. I, I'd rather do it without a break. You just ride it. I mean, and as a little self-promotional plug, if you you know, like this, we're also doing a show called Guys, Dolls, and Pies, which has no set um, and no props. It's you know a bit of costume and it's black box. Effectively, we're sitting on black cubes, and we're doing that here in in sort of rotation with this. I think it's also fair to mention uh, shaving the dead Romeo and Juliet and pals, which we've also come up together with yeah. under Guy Masterson's umbrella. And each one has a different uh, setup. Some using that. I mean, you say it's a small set. It's quite involved. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and so we've we've. We've not pulled back on that one. No, no, no. But no, it, no. it's you, you dive into whatever you've got, really, yeah. and and ultimately it's down to the material, uh, which which is the script. Yeah. If that's good, anything holds. Yeah. So, I think I think if it did go on tour, there is Edinburgh's an odd place because nothing has a break. Almost nothing has a break in Edinburgh because there's so many shows, so everything has to be cut down to about seventy minutes. Yeah. But there is more material, potentially, that was written that could go into this. So if it did tour, it might well be with a break uh, in it. But yeah. we'll see, you know, we'll see. Because yeah. I, yeah. I did wonder when I went in if there was going to be a, a break in the middle or not. Obviously, uh, there wasn't. But I think it was the, you know, it was the right uh, way to go, just to do it all in a one Because I think if you had a break in this kind of show, you, you might lose the momentum. Um, a little bit with a bit of a break. It's got to keep swimming. Yeah, it's got, it's got to keep swimming. Yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah. So hopefully it does come on tour. Um, so I'll, I'll be able to put on me me social media channels that I have asked the question. People are saying, please ask um, if it's going to go on tour. So you can hear now what the answer is. Um, so hold that. Uh, watch this space. I yeah, suppose I mean, if people want to know, basically, if they go to our Facebook page, The Shark is Broken, it'll have all the information there about future tours. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned before um, you're rotating this with the other show. How, how difficult is it taking one hat off and putting the other hat on and rotating the shows? 
Um, I, I don't find it too bad because um, you get a little bit of a, a break mentally from one, and I, I, I don't know. I find I, I, they energize each other. So, um, you know, we're only performing for an hour and a, and ten minutes each day. I mean, a lot of actors would be doing sometimes. Uh, I mean, especially like. People who do panto, how many do they do? They do like Two three, <laughs> sometimes three, don't I they? Three, yeah, three. Three. I mean, that's 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 genuinely tiring. This yeah. this is this is you have to really concentrate for an hour and ten minutes. Yeah. That's that's not too bad. I you know I can manage that. Then there's some sweating in, sweating out, and then chatting to people like you. It's all right. Great. Uh, uh, so so what? Have you got any other plans while you're here? So you're saying you've only got to concentrate for an hour and ten minutes on, on your show. What, what about outside of the show times? Are you planning to take in any of the other shows? Well, absolutely, yeah. There's a, there's a heck of a lot going on here, and um, I'm very excited to, um, to, to find... I, mean, I haven't actually... Because we've just got in here, and, and today is the first... is the opening performance. Now I feel I can take a moment or two to um, start looking through the programs yeah I haven't thought about anything else this is this has been my ending now that's done as Ian says we can start casting an eye around and seeing what's going on well we've got we're in the business we, we know quite a few people also um, we're lucky the ashes are on so that might that might uh, take up some of my time <laughs> so you're a fan of the cricket oh yes very much so but Liam what about yourself you're planning to take anything else in or just chill out or see what happens really because how, mean, how it, long's the run sorry how long are you doing it for uh so we are up in edinburgh for the entire month um so festival finishes on the 26th of august i right. think so, so it's it, again it's a, a huge investment mm. of your of your time so so that, that, that's got to be a social aspect of it oh yeah well. like every actor at some point in their career in britain will do edinburgh fringe at some point so this, the degrees of separation here are minuscule. Yeah. You'll know someone that knows three other people. It's not, yeah, yeah the social aspect is great. Uh, my old friend Paul Putner's up here, so I'm definitely going to catch yes. him. Is there anything else you're going to catch? He, well, his shows, are, uh, yes, it's called Embarrassment. That's about his love of madness. I really like the look <laughs> of that. Um, Lucy Porter's doing a, a great new show that we had down at my comedy club. Uh, there is, let's see, crikey, the Maydays, who are old friends of ours from Brighton, they do a great improv show. Uh, you wrote uh, Nobody's Damn Secret But My Own, which is a lovely one-woman piece by Jenny Rowe. Uh, crikey, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a ton. I mean, th this is the problem, is what just seeing all the yeah. people who you know and not offending someone uh, takes most of the month. <laughs> you know, it's like, why didn't you see my show? You bastard? Yeah, 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 you'll be getting pulled in all directions because yeah, yeah. all your pals and... Yeah, yeah. In, in, in what but have you up here. There's some fantastic golf courses around here. We've got to get on some of those. Well, you're at the home of golf, so... Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's, that's, that's going to be our escape. You know. Yeah, and that's actually le legitimate research because my dad was obsessed with golf, so, you know... That's okay. They've already, that's, that's they've already started show. indoctrinating me into the golf yeah, cult. Yeah, that's right. Yes, of course. <laughs> well, listen, lads, thank you so much for taking the time out your day and your schedule. Uh, to talk to me I'm absolutely thrilled that you agreed to come on the show I'm sure my listeners are going to be thrilled with that conversation and hopefully some of my listeners are here as well to take in the show and I'm sure they'll be just excited as what I was so again thank you very much fellas thank you welcome mate welcome. thank you very much thank you. much appreciate cheers
So there you go. I was really thrilled to be able to speak to the lads after the show. So that was Ian Shaw, who plays his father, Robert Shaw, Duncan Henderson, who plays Roy Scheider, and Liam Murray-Scott, who plays Richard Dreyfus. all three so, so talented. Great actors, great actors, seriously. And, of course, not forgetting David Mountfield, who was a co-producer. Everybody involved has done such a terrific job with that show. The Shark is Broken. It's on now at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. It's on right throughout August. Please, 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 if you get the chance to go, please go and check it out. Fantastic. So before I go, I just want to remind you about a free app called PodCoin. It's available on Android and Apple. It is available in both of those app stores for free. And PodCoin pays you to listen to podcasts. I'm on there. Your other favorite podcasts are also on there. And the more you listen, the more you earn. And the way it works is the more you listen, the more points you accumulate. And you can convert those points into gift cards for Amazon, for example. Or you can convert it to cash, which will then be donated to charity. It's a fantastic app. Um, it's going great guns at the minute. Check it out. Like I say, it's for free on Apple and Android. So once again, thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate sincerely. Um, whatever app you listen on, I'm on all of them. I'm on all the podcast apps, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google, um, Spotify, <laughs> all of them. Uh, please subscribe. Please like. Please comment. Uh, I'm always grateful on your feedback. This was episode 49. Next episode is going to be episode 50. And I've got something big planned for you. Episode 50 is going to be huge. Check out my social media channels on Facebook, Geeky Retro Nerd Show, on Twitter, at Geeky Retro Nerds, and on Instagram, Geeky Retro Nerd Show. Like I say, episode 50 is going to be a big one. Speak to you very, very soon. Thanks. It's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. For a gift that goes beyond the holidays, don't miss the Xfinity Beyond Black Friday event. Ask how to get $150 back on a package with the ultimate Wi-Fi and Xfinity X1. Your all-in-one entertainment experience. Simple, easy, awesome. Click, call, or visit us today. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas.